we tend to lean toward one sphere probably quite a bit, uh, maybe more than you're used to. Uh, but it also is a timely word for this season because it's what God is doing. So God is raising up an ecclesia, and he's shifting our understanding of church and what church is and who the church is and how we're to function and what we're about. And uh, I think it's, it's Reformation time. I, I really think it's, it's a lot of Reformation time going on. So most of us understand, and I just want to give you a little bit of some metaphoric thoughts. Most of us understand what it is to walk in two roles or two offices. In fact, as most of us will do it uh, most every day in some way. And uh, I was thinking a little bit of Brad DeVore, Brad and Chanel. Brad is walking in these two roles in a very distinct, clear way, right? Uh, as a police officer, the Seattle Police Department. So down to the uh, down to the uniform, even right. So when he heads into his shift, he puts on his uniform, and uh, there might even be a weapon, right? And so he puts on his uniform, and throughout the day, he's operating mainly in that role. He's not operating in the family role. He's not operating as daddy. He's not operating as love or lover. He's not operating as uh, uh, caregiver or uh, house maintenance repairman or honeydew list guy. He's gone, and his whole day is law enforcement. His whole day is protecting. His whole day is caring for the jurisdiction where he's serving even down to the uniform, right? But when he comes home, he's the family guy. When he comes home, the uniform comes off. Probably it's good that he lives categorically, right? So that he's able to separate those. So when he comes home, he comes home and he's dad and he's husband and he's family. And, and involved in that could be uh, goofing around and picnics and, and, and uh, dinner and you know, just, you know, and they have little ones. We raised four little ones, and there's all sorts of things that happen with family uh, when there's kids in the house that's just fun. There's trampolines, and there's overnighters, and there's sleep parties, and there's, you know, just, there's pillow fights, and all of this stuff's going on, uh, as well as maybe some coaching and maybe a little bit of teaching when you're raising little kids. If they're like I was, you're in the back, you know, they're in the back seat asking a million questions as you drive down the road. And you're answering a million questions as you drive. And that's, that's part of family life, right? Different role. Teachers have two roles they operate in. Doctors and nurses, medical field, two roles they operate in. And I, I don't know what your vocation's like, but a lot of us separate ourselves from family for the most part, except for maybe a phone call or a couple text messages throughout the day. We separate ourselves from family for the most part, and for eight hours or ten hours or whatever it is, we live out of that other role. We live in that other role, that other office, and we understand what it is to do that. And fact is, you know, what I was thinking is, uh, and this might sound crazy, but actually, our family couldn't exist without that. Our family couldn't exist without that. So if Brad wasn't going off and doing his thing, if you weren't going off and doing your thing, if you weren't operating in a vocational purpose, a vocational mission, 
If, if, you weren't, if you didn't have that expression and that role, then your family would crumble. Because it needs what you're doing out there to sustain it when you get home. Right? So I want to I talk to us a little bit about how this relates to the church and, and how this relates a little bit to the two different offices or the two different roles that we are called to walk in and that we find ourselves walking in. And you'll hear us talking about it at church, but, but if, if, we don't, if we don't see the clarity of the two, then it sounds kind of confusing because the church is a family and the church has all of the family aspects. The church wants to bear fruit. Right? Get pregnant, have more babies. It, it, the, the church wants to win souls, in other words. We want to be fruitful, right? We, the church needs to be fruitful. That's a family aspect. We want the church to grow. Uh, the church uh, is going to have picnics, and the church is going to have fellowship, and the church is going to have uh, get-togethers, and the church is going to have uh, these congregational gatherings, and the church is going to high-five each other, and we're going to hug each other, and we've got all of these family things going on. And the church, the church is, uh, we don't want to be too offensive. We want to be, you know, cautious about that. We don't want to be too offensive. We, you know, the, the churchy family, and this is kind of the pastoral side of the church, by the way. And the majority of maybe American churches are, are, are pastored by pastors, right? The majority of American churches are pastored by pastors. Uh, the word pastor comes from the word shepherd. It, we would get a good understanding out of it out of Psalm 23. And so, uh, like, like the Lord is a good shepherd. And so, you know, most, many churches, that's kind of the gifting of the leader, is pastoral. So, uh, you know, uh, 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 combing the wool on the sheep, uh, leading the sheep to green pastures, caring for the sheep, and uh, fluffing the sheep's uh, wool, and cleaning the sheep's wool, and watching out for the wolf that might be... I know, I know. Why? The Lord has a sense of humor. Why would you ever call a pastor whose name is Wolf or one whose last name is Dollar. <laughs> or I thought Jonathan Cain, I thought Jonathan Cain, I thought that was his name. Recently I heard him say his name. It's Con. It's a con job. The Lord's got a sense of humor. He's always coming up with these strange, crazy last names. But, you know, this is what a, a shepherd will, will keep, you know, the sheep away from the wolf, Right? So, and that's been uh, a growing mindset in Protestant or evangelical churches. Uh, I think it's kind of been borrowed actually out of our, uh, our Catholic cousins in many ways. And so uh, I think jointly, all of us have had this kind of this pastoral shepherding mindset uh, and, and kind of a grow the flock, care for the flock mindset we haven't had this ecclesia mindset. That's a totally different mindset. The ecclesia is a totally different mindset. The ecclesia is a rule and reign mindset. It's a governmental mindset. 
And typically, the ecclesia ministries or the ecclesia churches or the ecclesia voice or the ecclesia aspect or the ecclesia influence is flowing more out of apostles and pastors, not so much out of pastors and teachers. And so, if we don't have that influence, by the way, if we don't have that influence, uh, then we have only maybe one half of the dynamic of what we're called to because we're called to two offices at the same time. We're called to this family office where we are a family. We love one another. We're in covenant love. We care for one another. We, we build up one another. Uh, we strengthen one another. But we're also called to lead. We're called, and you hear this in sermons, like, that seems confusing. We're called salt and light. You know, and so up here as a pastor, a pastor will, be, you know, he'll give you a great sermon on salt and light, you know. Uh, and, you know, the salt and light equation kind of fits within this whole realm of where there's a governmental aspect to the church. And as we've been telling you, when Jesus declared us to be an ecclesia that he would build when he declared that, I will build my church. The ecclesia is the word there in the Greek, and it means my called out ones who are called to revolutionize culture. They are called to be those in any jurisdiction, any city, any locality. They are the called out ones who will bring the culture of the king or of the kingdom to that region. So we're not just called out like 10 of you. Come, you are the called out ones. And so you come, and then I say, hey, guys, Rome, Greece. This all started in 621. Rome or Greece, emperor, leader. I say, hey, you're called out. Now I'm sending you. So the ecclesia is sent, and generally as they would go, an apostle, an apostle didn't start as a Bible word first. It started as a cultural word, an apostle will lead the ecclesia, and they'll move over here to this little city of Ephesus where now Rome is in charge, and they will introduce in this city that which the king, the emperor, the Caesar declares in this city. They will introduce the culture. They'll introduce the political mindset. They'll introduce the government. They'll introduce the philosophy. They'll introduce the education. These who were called out, come on, we want you to leave Rome. We're going to help you. We'll pay your moving expense, all right? So you need a U-Haul, we'll help you with that. Okay, so you're going to move over here to Ephesus, and when you get to Ephesus, you're going to be the ecclesia. So ecclesia in the beginning was not congregation or family. When he spoke that, yes, I am the king. Yes, Peter, you heard well, I am. I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. And on that revelation, I'm now going to build my ecclesia. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my ecclesia. And fact is, when you get to Ephesus, whatever you bind will be bound. Yeah. 
And actually what he says, remember what he says, whatever is bound in Rome shall be bound in Ephesus if you bind it. Whatever is loosed in Rome shall be loosed in Ephesus if you loose it. And it ha- it, this, wasn't, this wasn't about religion. This wasn't about religion in its original meaning. Are you following me? It was not about religion. It was about culture, policy, body politic, government, economics, education, philosophy. Everything that happened at the gates of the city where the rulers sat, that's what it was all about. So then he says, he says, because he's going, he's going to heaven. And Galatians 4, 21 through 26, tells us that he's ruling from the new Jerusalem now. He doesn't need a physical Jerusalem to start ruling. He's ruling from the new Jerusalem now. And he says, whatever, whatever is bound, when I give you these keys to the kingdom of heaven on earth, whatever's bound in heaven, if you'll bind it on earth, it shall be bound. Whatever's loosed in heaven, when I, the Supreme One, take my seat at the right hand of the Father, whatever's loosed in heaven, when I, the victorious man, win a victory for all humanity, whatever I loose in heaven, if you'll loose it on the earth, in your city, your community, your jurisdiction, your school district, your community, your city council, if you will loose it there, it shall be loosed. Does that make sense? And this, this is Matthew 16, right? Matthew 16, we'll read it quickly. It's our uh, text today, and I'm already almost out of time. He says, I give you the name Peter, which is a stone. This is the Passion Translation. And the truth of this, of who I am, will be the bedrock foundation on which I'll build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Do you see it? The church is usually thought of in our minds as a family gathering. Uh, I, I, I could just go all over the world with this sermon. Wow. We could be here for hours. Well, because, I mean, just, there's, you know, so many funny things to say. And so many terrible things to say, so many nitpicky things to say, but anyway. Uh, so the, the church, you know, we kind of view church, this gathering like this morning, like a close-knit recovery group, a hospital, mainly made up of misfits and failures, usually the worst kinds of sinners and those who've been sinning all week, but now they've come for a dose of forgiveness and fellowship with other miserable people. They're all focused upon a clergy person who we think is more perfect than us. And they're our local representative from God. After all, that's what we pay them for. And they must do all of our ministry for us and lead the way into ministry and somehow help us get reconciled to God because we're such miserable people. 
Now, that's not New Horizon, thanks be unto God, but that is the mindset of many congregations across the planet. And that's the mindset that we're running from as fast as we can, right? The ecclesia is a different way of thinking. The ecclesia. Here, here this morning is a group of transformed ones, overcomers, leaders, culture changers, ambassadors, an army, victorious ones who gather for apostolic wisdom and prophetic revelation for strategy and inspiration in their sphere of influence. It's a different way of thinking. We're not just a bunch of little Sunday school folks coming in and just to, you know, get our little notch in our Sunday gun. That, that is not us. We are called to rule and reign on the planet. Now, I want to I shift and go into some of these uh, uh, things that, uh, that Brother Dutch talked about, and I think they'll add more clarity and they'll, and they'll be good for us. And they talk a little bit about even the two different offices or roles that the church has, that Jesus has. And so I'm just going to go through these, and we'll, we'll see how they go. Is that all right? So number one is aspects of Jesus in these two spheres or these two roles, aspects of Jesus. In the family church congregation mindset, Jesus is shepherd, groom, elder, brother. But in the ecclesia, he's king, lord, and master. Hear the difference? And sometimes we, you know, sometimes we intermingle these all of the time and we don't, we don't, we don't see kind of, and, I, and just for the sake of simplistic exercise, we're trying to break these apart. We know that there is probably, uh, you know, there's, there's probably, anytime you simplify something this simple, uh, there, there, you know, you're not going to get it perfect. Number two. The five-fold gift to get things done, I kind of talked about that. In the family, congregational setting, uh, uh, it's more like Jesus shows and, and the ministry that causes that to happen is more like evangelist, pastor, teacher. And Jesus' expression is redeemer, high priest, good shepherd. In the ecclesia mindset, uh, the, the mindset there and the offices to get the job done is more apostle, prophet, teacher. And Jesus in this expression is more chief apostle, general overseer, bishop. Uh, uh, and we're all looking to him because he's actually orchestrating the ministry. I'm actually not the minister here. Actually, the Bible calls me in Ephesians 4 the equipper. So those of us that, you know, many of us are called to be equippers. We're to equip the saints. The saints are to do the ministry. So another problem is that when we try to make, and I told you before, your family can't exist without the office of you living in your purpose. Your family will crumble. You run out of money before you run out of month. What we've been trying to do is we've been trying to exist as a church cloistered away in a closet away from culture, away from cultural influence, trying to exist as a family and not embrace 
our call, our mission, our purpose as governmental leaders, influencers, culture shapers. Well, we can't exist that way. The, the church is going to crumble. It's going to fall apart. So we have to have this ecclesia side. Number three, the biblical descriptive terms. Let's give you some of those. Under the family congregational side, biblical descriptive terms are a household, uh, whereas in the ecclesia, it's congress. Uh, it's family, where ecclesia, it's army. It's flock, but in ecclesia, it's Nazarites. It's bride, but in ecclesia, it's voice. We are the voice of God. Not just the bride of God, we're the voice of God. In, in, in the family side, we're the body of Christ. Uh, ecclesia side, we're the sons of God. Family side, we're the children of God. Ecclesia, we're the citizens of the kingdom. Family side, we're heirs of God. Ecclesia side, we're partners with God. Family side, we're sheep. Ecclesia side, we're soldiers. Family side, we're farmers. Ecclesia side, we're judges. Family side, we're priests. Ecclesia side, we're kings. Family side, we're healers. That's why we have a hospital. Ecclesia side, we're destroyers. We tear down strongholds. Not just in the spirit realm in prayer alone, but also we take captive every argument and take captive every argument, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. That's not meant just to be in your prayer life only. That's actually meant to be in culture. A lot of things we have actually devolved certain expressions, like we've even taken Ephesians chapter 4, you know, uh, 8 through 15. And so we're equipping you to be ministers. And then we've, we've said, well, all that ministry has to happen in these four walls. No, no, you are equipped to be ministers of truth, of the wisdom from above in culture, in life, everywhere you go. Is that all right? Uh, on the family side, we're still talking about descriptive terms. We are ministers of the new covenant. On the ecclesia side, we're legislators of the kingdom. Uh, on the family side, we're anointed with oil. On the ecclesia side, we're anointed with salt and light. You'll notice the family side is rights and privileges oriented. And uh, if a church is like that only, uh, I think they can get kind of ill. They can get a little bit sick if we're just constantly talking about, you know, pampering you and lifting you up and telling you how amazing you are and we're just rights and privileges and you have all the, you have a million promises from God and, oh, you are amazing and God loves you and look at you. And, and if we're just rights and privileges, rights and privileges only, and that's the family side, the congregational side, then we're missing one whole element, one whole aspect, one whole office that you're called to walk in. Because the ecclesia side is not rights and privileges, it's responsibility. You have a responsibility, oh mighty one. Turn off the TV. <laughs> Fewer movies, please. And get your rear out there into culture and make a difference. 
Get on a school board. Get somewhere and make a difference instead of allowing every single thing in culture to be dominated by the ungodly, the unclean, the unrighteous. Get out of your house. Get out of yourself and do something. That's the ecclesia. The ecclesia, I didn't bring you from Rome over to Ephesus and pay your U-Haul bill for you to just kind of, you know, stay at home, work from home, internalize, take care of your family, and ask for more meal tickets. I brought you to Ephesus that you would bring Rome to Ephesus. Bring the culture, bring the government. But we've been hiding in our churches. Been hiding in our churches, praying for the rapture. The rapture. Having fun with you, but it's true. Number four, our mission and our assignment is different. Number four, it's different. There's tension between our mission and assignment. On the family congregational side, we preach, convert, and multiply the family. We awaken and we focus on outpouring and revival. We, we want uh, to influence the family, and it's focused on the religion mountain and the family mountain. We want to grow and multiply the family until he comes, and we define success by growth. How big is your church? And this is, this is pastor talk. Pastors are family-oriented. How big is your church? Well, I don't know. We're running, we're, we're running you know, 800. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's big. That's a big church. Ooh, wow. You, a lot of people come to the Lord. Yeah, a lot of people come to the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I wish I could have some people come to the Lord. Oh, wow. Oh, so. Goodness gracious, I feel terrible now. I'm only running 702. So we're, you know, we're growth-oriented, right? And that's how we define success. But listen, listen to the ecclesia. The ecclesia, this is, this is our, this is, am I, are you okay? I see people leaving, so I know that's, whew. I know, I know, lunch is ready. Uh, the ecclesia, our mission and assignment, disciple nations, reformation and transformation, influence every mountain, business, government, media, education, extend kingdom influence over culture, and we define success by growing our influence in culture, not by having babies. So we got we to gotta marry these two together. We got to blend these two together somehow, right? We want, we want to grow the family. We want people to get born again. But we also are called to be culture influencers, right? So, all right. Um, there's more to that one. There's more to that one. Wow, but we're out of time. Okay, so uh, number five, the attitude and the posture in the family congregational side. Uh, The attitude and the posture. Uh, We're need and care oriented. Serving is encouraged. Obedience is encouraged, but grace abounds. Can you help? No, I'm not really available. All right, we understand. Individuality is encouraged. Find your gift. Discover your gift. Find out who you are. The the, the attitude, the posture on the family congregational side, we we gather, we assemble, we fellowship, we stay in the family. A happy family is the goal, right? Right? But on the ecclesia side, here's the attitude and the posture. We're mission and assignment oriented. Serving is mandatory and it's for the team. Obedience is mandatory and truth abounds instead of grace abounds. 
Corporality is essential instead of individuality. We disperse and send. We go and fulfill. The goal is legislation, transformation, and culture change. You can't be separate from the culture here, by the way. Uh, There's no separation of church and state. That's a con. That's a trick. That's deceit. Uh, 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 we can't, we can't succumb to such stuff. Fact is, it didn't even work for them, did it? Uh, they yell separation from church and state, separation, 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 until they want to shut down the church. Then they say, oh, well, you know, we, we're actually in charge of the church. Well, I thought there was separation of church and state. Well, not now. You've got COVID. We want to be in charge. That's weird. Thank you for sending the band up. I'm on my first closing. Oh, my goodness. Are you getting this? Is this all right? I'll give you one more thing real quick. The tools and the understanding. On the family congregational side, it's intimacy with God and his family. It's covenant love. It's angels minister to us. Uh, It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need them. Uh, It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing of Holy Spirit. It's love and compassion and mercy and grace. It's passion. It's it's lay hands to heal. Uh, uh, It's Jesus, our provider and our partner. On the ecclesia side, the tools, the tools, it's knowledge of God and his ways. Do you know how God builds a business? Do you know how God builds government? Do you know what God wants to do with education? Do you you know what God wants to do with media? Do you know what media is even meant for? It's knowledge and, and the knowledge of God's ways. It's divine strategy. It's angels minister with us and because of us. It's weapons of our warfare. It's keys to the kingdom. It's authority. It's justice. It's truth. It's using a scepter, not a staff. It's more than passion. It's zeal. It's not getting hands laid on for healing. It's laying hands on to commission. And it's not Jesus, just our partner and provider. It's Jesus, our victor and our sender. Jesus is sending you. He's sending you. He's sending you. He's counting on you. Let's stand this morning. I know we got the Connect Fair afterwards, and we've got all of this stuff happening afterwards, and you've got your communion elements right now. I want you to grab them and open them up while I'm digressing. If you're watching online, we invite you to do this as well. Again today, as we take the elements of communion, I want you to tell the Lord you're devoted to your two offices. I know I used the male side of lots of my metaphor, the male side, I don't mean anything by it, ladies, you know, Joel's served as a nurse for years. She used to put on her nursing uniform. I'm suspecting that Chanel, though, is glad that Brad is embracing both offices. That he loves his family. He's a great dad. He cares about his family. He's tuned in. He's plugged in. He's fun. He's loving. 
But he also puts on that uniform and gets in that Seattle Police Department car and goes off in that role as well. I, I, I would bet she's glad. I would bet the Lord rejoices when we embrace both roles. And I want us just to tell him that as we take, take this this morning, because this means common union, common union. I'm in this with you, Lord. Let's take the bread together. Say it with me. I'm not running from you. I'm running to you. I'm embracing all of you. I'm embracing the deliverance you've given me, the healing, the forgiveness, and I'm embracing my call, my purpose, ecclesia, a sent one, a victorious one, one with your word in my mouth. I am your voice. I am your hands. I will be used of you. I was small, even in my own eyes. But your greatness is upon me, and you make me great. I am more than a conqueror. Not meant to hide, but meant to face the enemy head on. Let's take the cup. God bless you, church.